scripture for today is Matthew chapter 22, verses 34 through 40. But when the Pharisees heard that he had silenced the Sadducees, they gathered together, and one of them, a lawyer, asked him a question to test him. Teacher, which is the great commandment in the law? And he said to him, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the great and first commandment. And a second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these the commandments depend all the law and the prophets. This is the living word of the Lord for us today. Amen. Uh, you know, in times of crisis, people tend to move in kind of two different directions in their minds. You know, they move towards survival mode and they move toward philosophy mode. Survival mode, people are asking, how am I going to make it through this? How am I going to survive? Philosophy mode, people are asking, what's the point of all this? Like, what's the meaning of all this? And if you think about these two different modes, they're actually not as different as you think, because in essence, they're both wrestling with the question of existence. When you're in survival mode, you're thinking, am I, how am I going to continue to exist? When you're in philosophy mode, you're asking, why do I exist in the first place? What's the point? Who am I? What kind of person do I want to be? And what's going on out there in the big world from God's perspective? And these two modes in crisis time, we sort of shift back and forth between survival mode and philosophy mode. And the easiest way to think about this is to think about any action movie, any adventure movie that you've ever seen. It, it, the action point, when there's grave danger and the hero or the heroine is just trying to stay alive, they're in survival mode. But the moment the action dies down and they have a quiet moment to reflect, they'll say things like this. If I ever get out of this mess, you know, I'm going to go home and buy that boat. Or, or um, you know what I've realized? I haven't appreciated my family enough. And so it, when I get home, if I get home, I'm going to undo all the bad things I've ever done. I'm going to become the person I've always wanted to be. I'm going to become the, the man or woman that I want to be. And so all this is going around. It's going on all around us right now in our own little crisis. And to large extents, and for some of us, maybe small extents for others of us, everyone is a survivor and everyone is a philosopher. We're sort of bouncing back and forth between should I wear the face mask when I go out grocery shopping and what's the meaning of life? This is where we are in this season. And I want to encourage you this morning, don't waste a good crisis. What I mean by that is pay attention to the questions you're asking. Pay attention to the questions those around you are asking because questions are powerful things. Questions make us think about things that we wouldn't otherwise be thinking about, and they make us search for things that we might not otherwise be searching for. And so the central question that we're going to be asking in this series is this, what role does God want us to play in this moment in time? What's the role that God wants us to take on for such a time as this. Another way to think about it is how might he want to use us for something good and glorious during a global pandemic? I don't know if you've thought about this yet when you've been in philosophy mode 
But you have a purpose in this. There is something that God would want for you and and yes, even from you. The pattern that we see in the Bible is men and women all throughout, from all walks of life, men and women in scripture prioritizing God's purpose over their own survival. God's purpose over their own survival. Moses did this, Deborah did this, David did this, Esther did this, Jesus certainly did did this. All these men and women in scripture prioritizing God's purpose over their own survival. How could they do that? Why would they do that? Because their faith in God was greater than their fear of the circumstances. So what's your purpose? That's in essence the question we're going to wrestle with this morning in week one of this series called Made for This. And I think the only way that you can wrestle with the question, what's your purpose, is to go to the source, go to the one who made you. And so that's exactly what we're going to do. If you haven't already opened your Bibles, go ahead and open them to Matthew 22, which is our text this morning. We're going to start in verse 34. But here's what's happening in this particular passage. Jesus is going to answer the question, what's the meaning of life? What's the purpose of life? What's it all about? And so we're going to listen to Jesus answer that question in the broadest sense. And then we're going to apply his answer to our moment in time right now in this little crisis that we're in. That's where we're going to go this morning in this message. So let's start with our scripture, Matthew 22. I'm going to pick it up in verse 34. You can follow along. But when the Pharisees heard that he had silenced the Sadducees, they gathered together and one of them, a lawyer, asked him a question to test him. Teacher, What is the great commandment in the law? Now, this was a very tricky question and we get the context that this gentleman or this this scholar, this lawyer was trying to trick Jesus. Why was it so hard about this question? There were only 613 laws in the law of Moses. And so what this man is saying is he's saying, like, like if you could summarize the whole law, Jesus, in one, how would you do it? Try that on for size. You know, you kind of just see him smirking in the background, you know, expecting that Jesus is going to fumble. Now, what that man did not realize at the time is that in asking Jesus this question, he was giving God himself an opportunity to answer the most important question you and I will ever ask, which is, God, what do you expect from me? God, what's my purpose? And this man is is setting the the ball right on the tee for Jesus, God himself in the flesh, to answer this question for us. And so for everyone who is curious about what your meaning in life is, what your purpose in life is, pay attention to what Jesus says in answer to this man's question. Let's look at the text together. And he said to him, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the great and first commandment. And a second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments depend all the law and the prophets. Now, this is a remarkable answer because Jesus took something incredibly complex and he made it incredibly simple. And if if you think about it, it all comes down to one word. And I want you, if you've got a pen or a pencil nearby and you've got your Bible open, I want you just to draw a box around that single word that this all comes down to. It's the word love, verse 37, love. And look again, verse 39, he says love. So he says, look, there's, there's two commands 
that summarize the whole law, and they're both, in essence, the same. It's love. Now, the love is to flow in two directions, right? Toward the God who made you and toward your fellow human beings that you share the planet with. So let's circle the object of our love that we're called to. So up in verse 37, you shall love who? The Lord your God. Verse 39, you shall love who? Your neighbor. Love God, love your neighbor. That's your purpose. That's what God expects from you. That's what God asks from you. That's what God wants for you. Now, when I thought about this, I thought, you know what was so brilliant about the way that Jesus answered this man's question is, is because if you just focused your whole life on those two things, loving God, loving the people around you, you wouldn't even have to think about any other command in the whole scripture. I mean, literally, you, you wouldn't even have to know all those 613 commands if you just focus on these two things, love God, love people. And you might be thinking, well, what about the 10 commandments? They're covered. They're covered with these two commands. Uh, what about all the other rules the Bible talks about? What about Leviticus? <laughs> it's covered. It's like all the other laws of scripture, all the other commands of scripture are like little puzzle pieces and when you put them all together, it makes this, this beautiful new picture. And the picture, in essence, is love. And, and allow that love to be directed in two locations, up toward God and out toward other people. Now, think about Jesus and how well he embodied this. His whole life was all about this. He loved his father. He obeyed him to the very end, followed him literally to death in love for his father. And he loved other people, laid down his life for other people. In fact, in all of human history, the love of Jesus for the people around him was exceptional. There's, there's no other person you can point to in all of human history to say, you know, someone else loved their neighbors better than Jesus Christ did. He loved his God with his whole heart and soul and mind, and he loved the people around him like no one else. Now, I'm going to show you a, a little way that you can remember all of this, that you can remember your purpose. And it's very simple, but if you can just remember the word that we've been talking about here, the word love, and then we're going to draw a little something down here so that I can show you something. That's your purpose. And remember that love is designed to flow in two directions. It's designed to flow vertically to the God who made you and designed to flow horizontally toward others around you. And so you look at that and you say, who does that look like? Now, some of you right now, like your, your brain is going, and others of you are thinking that's kind of cheesy. But I'd say to the ones that think it's cheesy, don't let it spoil it for the ones that, you know, their mind's exploding. This is a very easy way to remember why you were made and who you are to follow. You were made to love. Who are you to love? God in the vertical direction, others in the horizontal direction. Who are you made to follow? Jesus Christ, who was the embodiment of this kind of love. And nowhere was that seen more than on the cross. All right. Now, if that's our purpose, if, if, if this in essence is why we were made, then it follows then that this purpose must also be the key for how we might love God and love other people in this particular time in the global pandemic. So here's where we're going to go with this. We're, we're simply going to ask this question. How do we follow Jesus? How do we live out our purpose, so to speak, through a global pandemic.
All right, well, let's talk about this from both angles, loving God, loving other people. Let's start with loving God just real briefly. You know, love is a relational word. You think about it that way. I don't think you can love God well from a distance. Rob, what what do you mean by that? I mean, I, I can't see God. I can't relate to God. What I'm talking about is you cannot love him with all of your heart and all of your soul and all of your mind from a relational distance. Um, another way to think about this is this is not the time to be practicing social distancing with God. Now, that may sound silly, but I want you to really think about this for a minute. You need him right now as much as you ever have. You need the Lord God who created you. You need to be in relationship with him. You need to be talking to him about how you are and and where you are. You need to be having conversations with your God about your heart. What are you thinking these days? What are you feeling? What are the deep desires and hopes in you? And what choices are you struggling to make? The most core and critical relationship in your entire life is with the Father who created you, the Savior who rescued you, and the Spirit who indwells you. And fortunately for us, those three persons are one God, one relationship. We need to be leaning into our core relationship in this season. And the means by which we relate to God, first and foremost, as a first priority, is through prayer, is through conversation with him. That's the fundamental way that we relate to God. You were made for this, to walk in relationship with the Father who made you, to, walk, to, to be in relationship with God, and that's expressed through prayer. Loving God with all that you are must start with your prayer life. Now, I wanna remind you or, or share with you two things, very simple, that you can do right now in this season, as practical as I can, that are gonna help your prayer life. Number one, I wanna encourage you, use those devotionals, those, those text-in devotionals that are coming. I think we have over 2,000 people that have subscribed to that on your phone. If you haven't yet, there's still plenty of opportunity to do that. We have intentionally decided to focus those devotionals on prayer because we wanna learn how to better relate to God in this season. And what better place to learn to do that than the prayers of the scripture. So that's what those devotionals are focused on right now. And I hope that you'll take five to 10 minutes of your day every day to engage in those devotionals. Number two, I wanna encourage you to find rhythms, new rhythms in your daily routine to talk to God. Maybe when you wake up in the morning, rather than picking up your phone, the first thing you do is you turn your attention to your core relationship. Maybe when you're drinking your cup of coffee, you know, in, in, instead of doing what else you might do and scrolling through the headlines or your Twitter feed, you're, you're talking to God. Um, certainly when you're walking around your neighborhood, you're walking your dog, what a great time to pray. What a great time to talk to God. Before every video call you make, you say a quick prayer. When you're driving all over town, searching for toilet paper or whatever else you're hunting for, take that time to pray before you go to sleep at night. Pick one or two of these and just establish a new rhythm. Now is a great time. We're all establishing new rhythms. Now is a great time to prioritize your relationship with God. And we do that through prayer. So, The first command, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind. The best way to focus on that right now is by growing your prayer life. Let's talk about the second, love your neighbor as yourself. 
And I want to ask us a hard question, and just very serious hard question, because I've been wrestling with this question myself. Does God really expect us right now in this season, when our own lives, all of us, have been so dramatically disrupted, does God really expect us to still be outward focused, to be others oriented? Unapologetically, yes, he does. Because here's something that God knows that you and I have a hard time remembering. And it's this, you and I thrive when we're living out our purpose. That's when we come alive the most. What is our purpose? Love God, love your neighbor, love God, love the people around you. That's our purpose. When you're living out that purpose, that's when you're gonna most come alive. That's when you're gonna thrive. What do you think God wants from you at this point and wants for you at this moment? They're the same thing. He wants you to thrive. He wants you to live according to the purpose he designed you for. The more you turn inward, and I know that's easy to do in this season. We're all doing that to a degree. But the, the more you turn inward, the more you sabotage your from experiencing the wholehearted life that Jesus has made possible for you to follow him in this pathway of loving God with everything you are and loving your neighbor as yourself. So now's a great time to turn outward. Now's a great time to turn toward your neighbors, not only because it's what they need, but because it's what you were made for. I was thinking about the history of the church and you know, there's a lot of things you may have read recently about how the church has responded in times of crisis and, and even in global pandemics. You know, ours is not the first by any means global pandemic in the last 2000 years and the church has always moved toward it, not moved away from it. And I wanna read you some words from a writer, Aristides of Athens, who lived in the second century AD. So, you know, roughly 200 years after Christ and, he wrote a letter, to, or 100 years after Christ, actually. He wrote a letter to Emperor Hadrian, who was the leader of the whole Roman Empire at the time, describing how Christians were living in a time that was much more dangerous, honestly, and much more difficult than the season that you and I are in. And, and here's what Aristides of Athens wrote to the emperor, talking about Christians. He said, they love one another. And he who has gives to him who has not without boasting. When they see a stranger... They take him into their homes and rejoice over him as a very brother. And if there's any among them that is poor and needy, and if they have no spare food, they fast two or three days in order to supply to the needy their lack. Such, O king, is their manner of life. And listen to this last sentence. And verily, this is a new people, and there is something divine in the midst of them. Guys, I want you to think about that phrase for a minute. There's something divine in the midst of them. What is divine? What was divine in the midst of them? The spirit of Christ. What is divine in the midst of us? The spirit of Christ. So the question that keeps kind of calling out from my heart as we're thinking about fellowship in this time is, could God have a plan for us? to impact this community around us in any way, shape, or form that looked like the pattern of the church for 2,000 years. I hope so. I pray so. This is an unprecedented season, and that means it's an unprecedented opportunity. And so this is what I want to talk about, and I want to give you some practical steps of what this means. What would it look like for us to seize this unprecedented opportunity right now and help people find wholehearted life in Jesus? Because I think it's what we're made for. 
I read an article in Christianity Today a week or two ago, and it was talking about the, the patterns of what people are searching for right now on the internet. And, and I thought this was really interesting. This is what it said. It, it, it said, right now, internet searches for terms related to hope and fear and prayer have been skyrocketing. Isn't that interesting? Now think about this. 18 months ago, we believe God helped us and guided us to articulate a new mission statement for Fellowship Bible Church. And it's that we're here to help people find wholehearted life in Jesus. And, and now 18 months later, we are in a season where people are thinking thoughts they hadn't thought ever in their lives. They're feeling emotions they have never felt in their lives. They're, they're having new desires and hopes and fears that are being stirred in them. And they're having to make choices they've never had to make before in their lives. All their hearts are being stirred. And what they need most right now, whether they know it or not, what they need most right now is relational connection to God, which happens through Jesus Christ. If only there was someone in their life that could help them find hope. We were made for this. To love the people around us in a time of need. And here we are. So let me get just very practical with you here. Here's our opportunity. Uh, I bet you've connected with some people virtually in the last uh, few weeks that you hadn't talked to in a long time. Um, I bet as you kind of walked around your neighborhood and gotten out in, you know, whatever ways, because we have to, because we're all going crazy, right? I, I bet you, you've seen more of your neighbors in the last five weeks than you have in the five months before that. I know that's true of me. And, and I was curious this week to think about, I wonder where God has situated us as a body. So uh, one of our staff leaders, William Kaline, put together this map where he took all of our addresses in our database and, and he laid them as, as pins over a map of our area. And I, I want you to see this. This is amazing to me. This is a wonderful graphic. Now, let me point out a couple things if I can. You know, you can see the, the whole kind of area. Here's Nashville up top up here and it goes down to Spring Hill. And, and we've got a few that are even off the map. In fact, I was looking at this earlier and I was joking. You know, you know I don't know who these people are, but bless these people way over here on the outskirts. It's a long drive to get to fellowship. Uh, you can see our two campuses, our Brentwood campus where, where I'm broadcasting from right now is right here. Our Franklin campus down there in South Franklin is right there. And you can see where all of our people are are dispersed and scattered. Now I want you to look at this map right now and find where you are. Point to yourself on your screen, wherever you are right now on your computer or your television or your phone, just point to where you are. I'll, I'll do the same. Uh, we're, we're somewhere right here, kind of right down here in the middle in the mix of, of that, that cluster of folks. That's where I live, kind of in between those two campuses. But wherever you are, I want you to think about that neighborhood that you live in. Now, let me pause and say there's a number of you that are with us in the live stream right now that don't live in Middle Tennessee. And by the way, that's fantastic. Uh, wherever you are right now, if you're not in Middle Tennessee, I want you to use the chat feature of whatever platform you're streaming on. And I want you to say hello and just say hello from Atlanta, Georgia, or hello from Columbus, Ohio, or wherever it is that you are right now. Uh, Last week, I, I asked one of the guys that works in our, our tech area to, to say, where are people streaming from? And boy, I think there were almost 30 different states and a number of different countries. Let me read to you some of the places where folks were tuned in from. Texas, Georgia, Illinois, Pennsylvania, New York, Oregon, Washington, Virginia, Arizona, Bolivia, Canada, Brazil, Guatemala, Mexico, Slovenia, Taiwan, 
God has intentionally positioned us in neighborhoods, in workplaces, and in friend groups all over the map, literally and figuratively, because he wants us to be near to people who have needs right now. Near to people whose primary need is life. And they're only going to find that ultimately in Jesus Christ. Survivors and philosophers that are trying to figure it out. And God is saying, you don't even have to go. I've already sent you. I've already placed you. You're right there. Now here's what we know. God could reach these people in all kinds of ways. He wants to use us. He is inviting us to be a part of the game. And I want to be in on it. And I want you to be in on it. So here's what we're going to do in this series. I told you it's four weeks. This one's just an introduction. But as we go through each week, we're going to talk about some practical steps you can take. And we're really, we're going to call you to something. Consider it, you know, the, the assignment or the work or the opportunity after each sermon. So let me tell you this first week exactly what we're going to ask you to do. For week one, here's what we want you to do is we want you to start by just becoming aware of the people around you. So just start paying attention. Start noticing people, if I could say it just that simply. When you go on a walk around the neighborhood, pay attention to the people that you see. When you go on a Zoom call or you watch your Marco Polo, pay attention to the people that you're interacting with. And then I want to ask you to start writing down their names, literally. So, you know, take, take out your phone, an app, a notes app on your phone, or, or grab a little notepad or a notebook or a journal, and just start listing the names of the people that you have access to right now, whether it's virtually or physically. People that you could have conversations with, people that you could pray with. And I want you just to be thinking that way. So that's what we want you to do this week, is just start noticing the people that God has put in your path and start writing down their names because... Every name you write down is a neighbor whom you're called to love. And every name you write down is an opportunity for a divine appointment with Jesus Christ for that person. And so next week, Lloyd is gonna teach us a very simple and very practical tool to use as God begins to give us opportunities for some wholehearted conversations with these people. A tool that you'll be able to learn quickly and be able to use to help someone understand what's going on in their own heart. And that will end with the question, can I pray for you right now? That's where this is going. And I'm excited about equipping you in this way with this tool and helping all of us to focus on what does it look like in 2020 pandemic to love God with everything we are and to love our neighbor as ourselves because men and women, we were made for this. To give you just a way to keep all this top of mind, we wanted to make available to you the graphic, our series graphic that, that you've been seeing behind me as I've been teaching. Um, our graphic artist, Seth, put this together and did a marvelous job. Uh, and and it, the, the graphic's even gonna become more rich to you as you understand more of where this is going. But even now, I think you can understand the meaning of it. And I want you to download this graphic and put it on your phone. 
Put it as the wallpaper or the background or, you know, you're in sleep mode, you know, and have it there. Put it on your laptop computer if that's where you're doing a lot of your phone calls or your Zoom calls. Put it on your iPad or your device. Here's how you can get to it. If you go to fellowshipbiblechurch.org slash artwork, you'll be able to find this logo in different sizes depending on the device you're using. You can download it. Put it in the background of your device so that it will stay in the background of your mind during this season. You were made for this. Love God with all that you are. Love your neighbor as yourself. Before we close, we're gonna sing a song. We're gonna sing a song that follows a beautiful progression. It starts with how glorious and mighty the name of Jesus Christ is and how worthy he is of praise. And then it asks the question, you know, or the prayer rather, so open my eyes, God, and help me to be kind of caught up in wonder. And then it lands on the question, will you lead me in love to those around me? Let's use this song as our prayer right now.